turn our Bibles to Luke chapter number 16. Luke chapter number 16, and as I was watching Kenny sing and listening to Becky play, let's continue to pray for the Godbys as we have been praying that God would give them a little baby, and they're looking to adopt and, of course, asking God to work there, and let's continue to ask Him to do work a miracle there in their lives, and they're praying that God would, would bring that to pass. This morning, if you're able to, we're going to read the first 13 verses out of Luke chapter number 16. And so if you can, let's stand for the reading of the Word of God this morning where you are. Maybe hold God's Word in your hand or if you have your Bible uh, and the notes that were sent to you, maybe you can look on there. But the Bible says here in chapter 16, beginning in verse number 1, And he said also unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig to beg. I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and write fourscore. And the Lord commended the unjust steward, because he had done wisely, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye uh, ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, Who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is not your own, that which is your own? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. And this month, we turn the page. We've magnified in January the Savior. And last month, we magnified service or serving. And so this month, we're going to look at magnifying stewardship. And we're going to talk about that today as we think about this thought. What is biblical stewardship? And it's a concept that God gives us in His Word. Jesus deals with it here in Luke chapter 16, and may God help us to understand it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning, for the precious Word of God. Bless it and use it in our lives. Help us to be faithful stewards of that which you've entrusted to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated if you were standing for the Word of God. Now, just to give you a little bit of a background, as you come to Luke 16... If you were to go back to chapter 15, what you find is Jesus is teaching to the Pharisees. He's trying to instruct them. As a matter of fact, chapter 15, verse 1, the Bible says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. The Bible says in verse 2 that the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Now, Again, I, I, love, I love Jesus, my Savior, how he loved everyone and took the time to try to get people to understand and to teach on certain things. And today we're going to look 
at his teaching on this matter of stewardship. That's why we're going to magnify it all month, because when you look at the parables of Jesus, uh, you find that Jesus dealt more with stewardship than he did with subjects like heaven and hell. And this is something that is very important for us to understand. Now, in chapter 15, he uses the, the uh, parable, the teaching of the parable, and he talks about the, the sheep and the, the one that was lost. He talks about the coins and the, the coins that were the coin that was lost. And then he talks about uh, the one that we probably are most familiar with, which is the story of what we oftentimes call the prodigal son. There was a man that had two sons. The Bible tells us that the younger of the two, that he went to his father and he, he requested of his part of the inheritance. And we know the story, and really the story is not about the, the son. The story is more about the father than it is the son. But Jesus teaches these parables to the Pharisees. And when you come to chapter number 16... The Bible says there in verse number one, and he said also unto his disciples. So notice the word there also, because really, even though this is maybe a, a turn of a page in your Bible, maybe it's turning to a new chapter in our Bible, understand that the chapter breaks are there because God gave his word in thought patterns. But really, it's a continuation of what Jesus was dealing with in chapter number 15. That's why you see the word also. Now, the difference is when you get to chapter 16, the Bible says he said also unto his disciples. So he was going to basically come off of those parables that he taught to the Pharisees and those that were with them. And now he turns his attention to his disciples. Now, the word disciple is a follower, a believer in Christ. Jesus is now talking to uh, Christians, and I believe God is trying to help us understand this even this morning. And Jesus here in chapter number 16 uh, goes on to say, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him, that he had wasted his goods. Now that sounds like back in Luke 15 about the, the, the son that had received of his father, took it and went into a different land and wasted it on riotous living. So he brings us right to this same thought here about stewardship. Now, again, as we emphasize this this month, we need to understand that this is a fundamental Christian principle that God is the owner of everything. And as God is the owner of everything, we are stewards or managers of what is really his. So again, we've got to get that principle in our minds and in our hearts, not only this morning, not only this month, but throughout this entire uh, time that we call the Christian life, this journey that God has given to us. Look, we came into this world, Job said, with nothing, and we're going to leave this world with nothing. Everything we have belongs to him, and we are to steward it or manage it for him. And that is very fundamental for us as believers. As a matter of fact, you go back to the book of Genesis, and what did God do? God created everything in this world in six literal days. And everything that God created, then what did he do? He created man, the crown of his creation. And the Bible says he placed man in the Garden of Eden. And the Bible tells us that as he put Adam there, and eventually Eve, that he put them there to steward the garden. He put them there to care for the garden. And we see this stewardship principle even early in the Word of God. There are so many ways, wonderful ways, that God blesses our lives. God wants us, as He gives us these blessings, God wants us to steward them. God wants us to care for them, just like He wanted Adam to dress and keep the garden. I think of one area of blessing in my life and my wife is in our family, God's given us children. If you have children and that's why we're praying for the Godbys, that God would give them a child that they could raise. And as they, if God grants that 
request of theirs and understand that what they want to do is the same thing my wife and I have done with our four daughters is to steward them, to care for them, to raise them for the Lord. Why? Because they're not ours. They're His. Uh, The Bible says the children are in heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is His reward. God wants us to raise our children for them, to raise our children the way that He would, uh, to teach them His Word and the ways that He would have them to go. And when I think about this matter of stewardship, it brings us to this passage in Luke 16 this morning, how God is teaching us how to be a biblical steward. Biblical stewardship is what Jesus was teaching his disciples. He was teaching them how to handle the blessings that God gives to them. We were talking even before the service this morning about how sad it is sometimes that as God's children that we might struggle, maybe we lose a job, maybe we don't have a job that is paying the bills, And then what does God do in his goodness in our lives? God blesses us with a job. God begins to provide for us so that we can pay our bills and take care of our families. And so what happens most of the time is, is that as that person gets a job, remember that it is a gift from God, then what we do is we start working that job and we start forgetting about God. We start to walk away from God the one who's provided, the one who has blessed our lives. And listen, that ought not to be so in the life of a child of God. God wants us, like he wanted his disciples, to know how to handle the blessings that God gives to them. And so he reminds them here in chapter 16 that as stewards of the things that he gives to them, one day, and this is true not only for the disciples, But for all of us, one day we are going to give an account uh, for what we did with what God gave to us as we stewarded that, we managed that for our master. And listen, we want to manage it the way he would handle it. We want to make sure that we understand how to handle the blessings the way that he would. James put it this way, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Listen, we need to understand that principle. Just like Job said, we came into this world with nothing. And anything we receive cometh down from above, from our heavenly Father who loves us. And as he gives things to us, he wants us to steward them for him. Now, as we see in our passage this morning in chapter 16, It all begins as Jesus is teaching his disciples. He gives them the requirement of stewards. Now, look in your Bible again in verse number 1 of chapter 16. He said also unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. Now, right away we see that Uh, the the steward is required to steward faithfully. It is required in stewards to steward faithfully. Somebody said a steward is one who manages the affairs of another. Again, it's not ours, it's God's that we are managing. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 2, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. When you see those words there, in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, listen, that's not a suggestion, that's not an idea, that's not an option, it is a command for a steward, that is an expectation, a steward is required. Now, I love that word there, notice it says there in your notes, what does it mean to be required? It means to ask back of something, to demand it back, to exact something that is due. Now, again, remember that, that a lot of times people think, well, Uh, Why would God give it to us? Because God wants us to steward it, and he wants us to be faithful with it. Uh, What are you doing with what God has entrusted to you? Are you stewarding your children? Are you stewarding your life? Are you stewarding your finances? Are you stewarding the abilities that God's given to you? 
Are you stewarding the gospel of Jesus Christ? Folks, I could go on and on because God has been so good and blessed us with so many things. But what we need to understand is, and we will this month, that God wants us to be faithful stewards of our time. God wants us to be faithful stewards of our talents. God wants us to be faithful stewards of the treasures that God has given to us. Warren Wearsby said the most important thing about a steward is that he serves his master faithfully. When he looks at the riches around him, the steward must remember they belong to his master, not to him personally, and that they must be used in a way that will please and profit the master. So one of the requirements that we see of a steward is that he would steward that which God has entrusted to him faithfully. But remember, as I said earlier, notice this other part of the requirement is that he would give an account one day. Every last one of us will give an account of what we did with what God has entrusted to us. Look in chapter 16 and verse number 2. The Bible says that he called him. That's the, notice in verse 1, the certain rich man, the one who had it all, that gave to his steward. Notice, so he called him, his steward, and he said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. So here it is. You find that maybe back in the days of, of the Old Testament, the New Testament, uh, early in the New Testament, first century, that there were landowners. Maybe they were land barons, and they had uh, maybe a small castle or a small piece of property, and, and they, had, they had much that, that course, had either been given to them or they had somehow earned and they had amassed some sort of a, of, of a fortune. And, and, and maybe they have people that, that they would give portions of that to. And then the Bible gives us kind of an indication here that there came a day that the, the rich man had heard of that this man was wasting that which was his. So he calls him in and he begins to ask questions of him. He begins to ask him to give an account of his stewardship, what he had been doing with what wasn't his, but what was his master's. Now, the Bible indicates in Romans chapter 14, look at these verses, but why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou rest at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue shall confess to God, so then every one of us shall give account, notice these two words, of himself to God. One day, you and I, everyone, will stand before Almighty God, and we will give an account, just like this, this steward was doing here in Luke 16, to his rich master. We're going to stand before God, and the Bible says every one of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. By the way, again, when you study the Bible, the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat, is for saved people. It's for Christians, and so every one of us. Now, the unsaved will not stand at the judgment seat of Christ. They will stand at what the Bible calls the great white throne judgment. But in Romans 14, the Bible says that we believers will stand before God you one day, just like I will one day, we will give an account of ourselves to God of what we did, how we stewarded that which God has given to us. Listen, folks, this is a serious thing. I, 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 I struggle sometimes when I hear and see Christians abusing the grace of God and not handling that which the Lord has given to them and trusted to them to steward for Him. The question this morning as we think about the requirement of stewards is, how are you handling? Again, look at verse 2, what he says to this man. He says, how is it that I hear this of thee? Listen, God knows all things. God doesn't have to hear it. God already knows how you and I are stewarding that which he has given to us. But notice here, he says to this Steward, give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. 
So we see the requirement is to steward faithfully. And that part of that requirement is one day we're all going to give an account. But notice as we move on this morning, let's look at the responsibility of stewards. Because along with that stewardship comes responsibilities. When I became the pastor of this church, uh, when I stepped into this role that God has given to me, there came responsibilities with it. When I became a husband, uh, there were responsibilities that came with being a husband. When I became a father, there came responsibilities that came with being a father. Uh, even, listen, to some degree, when I became a grandfather, there's somewhat responsibility there. Even though I'm not the, maybe the parent of my grandchildren, I still have a responsibility to them. Listen, in every area of our lives, especially stewardship, we have responsibilities. And I want you to notice that the responsibility in this particular instance and in our lives is personal. Notice what he says in verse number three. He's standing there before his master. And the Bible says, Then the steward said, look at these two words, within himself. He didn't necessarily say it out loud. He began to think, okay, I've been caught. Uh, my master is aware. And again, God knows all things. And the Bible says he said within himself, Look at these words. What shall I do? What am I going to do? Uh, I, I, how do I get out of this? Uh, you know, I've, I've shirked my responsibility. He says, what shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. He says, I cannot dig to beg. I am ashamed. I mean, maybe he had reached a place in his life where it had been so long since he had maybe put his hand to the plow or grabbed a shovel and dug a ditch or done some manual labor that he thought to himself, listen, I don't want to go back there or maybe I don't feel like I can go back there. He goes, what am I going to do? He, he became personally involved in this situation. And the Bible shows us here that not only was he personally involved, but he became personally resolved that he was going to do a better job at managing that which was his master's than he had been doing. Now listen, may that be one thing that you take with you today, is if God shows you something in your life today from this message, that you haven't been doing a good job of managing or stewarding, then maybe God is giving you an opportunity to do better than you've done before. My daughter, this past week or maybe week and a half, my third daughter, she, uh, of course, uh, is working in the church office, but she was uh, teaching for many years before that, and they, like us here, they've had some people sick, and so uh, they asked her if she would step back into the classroom for, uh, for, to help out with a teacher that it was sick, and so she did. And she called us uh, the very first day, I think it was, and she began to tell us, how disorganized this teacher that she was uh, relieving and how the, the class was kind of chaotic most of the time and that the, there was clutter everywhere. And she went on and on about how the children hadn't been, been being taught certain things that they should have been being taught by that teacher. And, and, and I told my daughter, I said, you know, one thing that God has helped me with in my life is that no matter how I find something, I want to leave it better than I found it. And this steward here, he resolved that he was going to do better. And I think that's the way it ought to be in Christians' lives, that in every way we ought to honor God and take care of the things that God has given to us. And this man's personal resolve, listen, was not only going to affect him while he was standing there before his master, but it was going to affect his life in the future, and it will affect your life when you personally resolve what are you going to do. And I want you to think about this, because look what it says in verse number four. He says, I am resolved what to do. In other words, if I can put it this way without doing misjustice to the Bible this morning, he kind of said it this way, oh, I know what I'm going to do. That's really what he was saying. 
I am resolved what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. Now, in his mind, he was already thinking, well, I've done such a poor job stewarding that which was my master's that I realized that I'm going to lose my stewardship. But he says, listen, there is something that I know that I can do that will affect my future. And he wanted to make the best. He wanted to finish what he was doing, and he wanted to finish it well. By the way, your life, no matter what your age is, and we're not guaranteed of a tomorrow, let's make sure that we finish well. And notice what James says in James 4.14, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? That's what we're going to look at next week is stewarding our time. The Bible says here, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Folks, listen, it is so important that you and I, like this steward, that, that listen, we, we develop a plan of our stewardship and that we think about our future, how we are going to be resolved to do better with what God has given to us than we've been doing. Listen, even if you're a parent today and you have not been a good father or you have not been a good mother, listen, start today. You can't change the past, but you certainly can affect the future. If you haven't been a good uh, child to your parents, are you listening today? Teenagers, children, be a better child The Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So we find here that this responsibility of stewards, he says, what shall I do? And then he says, oh, I know what I'm going to do. See, it was personal. But notice also, this responsibility was progressive. Now, when you think about this, stewardship is something that is something we do on a daily basis. It is something that you and I should always be aware of. I I remember years ago when when I first got saved, my home church, and it was also a Bible Baptist church in the state of Missouri. And I remember when I got saved, I, I began to get involved in the work there, and I think every Christian should get involved. And one of the things I noticed was our church had one bus, a 66 passenger bus, And it had a church van. It was a blue Dodge 15-passenger van. And I remember we had two staff members, and their names were Chuck and Jim. And I remember those two guys, and of course, they they were great guys. But I always remember whenever I got in, and by the way, I'm still this way. When I get into a church vehicle, whether it's a bus or a van, you can ask Brother Kenny. If there's trash in it, if the carpet is dirty and soiled, if it hasn't been washed on the outside, if the oil hasn't been changed, listen, that bothers me. You know why? Because that vehicle is not ours, it's God's. And we ought to steward it. When I think about the house that my wife and I have right now, by the way, we don't own it, God does, and the bank, all right? But understand that what God wants us to do is steward that house Why? Because it's not ours, it's His. And so when I look at everything in my life, it's progressive when I think about stewardship. It is something I'm always aware of. Somebody said, owners have rights, stewards have responsibilities. Now look at what the Bible says here in this passage, as this man said, well listen, I know what I'm going to do. In verse number 5, here's what he did. He called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him. So everyone that owed his master something, he calls them all unto him. And the Bible records that he said unto the first one of the the ones that owed, how much owest thou, my Lord? And this man said, verse 6, a hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, take thy bill or thy contract, sit down quickly and write 50. Wow, that's pretty good. He owed 100, but he says, change that to 50. Verse number 7, then he said to another, how much owest thou? And he said, an hundred measures of wheat. Now, again, oil is a liquid. Wheat is not. So there were different ways to measure. And we find here that he says to the one that owed 100 measures of wheat, 
He says unto him, take thy bill and write four scores. So he owed a hundred measures of wheat. He says, change that, four scores, 80. So he reduced it from 100 to 80. Now, here's what he does. This steward begins to, to basically go to others, and he begins to ask them, and what he was trying to do was to get something that belonged to his master. He was trying to redeem back something that belonged to his master. He developed a plan, and he began to work that plan. And it, listen, in our lives as Christians... We also, my wife and I were just talking about this the other day, anytime you do something, whether it's at our house, maybe it's something here at the church, uh, we ought to develop a plan. And then we need to work that plan. Sometimes we call that a budget. Look at the Bible says in Luke 14, 28, which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost whether he has sufficient to finish it? Now, there was a day in my life before... Before I got saved, before I met my wife, when I saw something, I just bought it. didn't matter how much it was. I never counted the cost, you know, but many people still live that way. But understand, God wants us, no matter what it is we're going to do, one of the things that we're going to be talking about in the days ahead is, uh, again, we've mentioned this before, our church right now needs a new roof on the main sanctuary and uh, probably looking around maybe fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars to have that roof done. And so what we're doing is we're taking bids. We're trying to get information together that we can share with you. And we're we're taking a, an account. We're not building a tower, but we're sitting down and we're counting the cost to see whether or not we have sufficient. And it may take a lot of faith on the part of you and God's people to be able to see that to come to pass. But what we want to do is we want to be wise stewards of that which God has given to us. And so the man, listen, he understood, but I've been found out. There's really not anything I can do. So he begins to call people that owed his master, and he had a plan that was progressive. He, he began to have some order. In other words, he was now being a wise steward. So look at verse number 8. The Bible says, And the Lord commended, notice, the unjust steward. Now, he had been unjust, but he commended him because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. I, I saw that statement there. You know, what he's saying, what the Lord was saying here to us, and what this master was saying, was sometimes unsaved people are wiser than the children of light. They're wiser about uh, counting the cost and making sure that they're going to be a faithful steward of something more than even somebody who is a child of God. And that ought not to be so. Christians should be the best at stewarding for God. They should be the best at planning. They should be the best at generosity. And the decisions, just like this man, the decisions that we make today are going to affect our future. And remember, the man says, look, I'm going to be put out of my stewardship. What can I do? And so he began to make decisions that was going to impact his future. Now, our decisions will impact all of eternity in our lives because look at verse number 9 where Jesus, and remember, he's talking to his disciples. So in verse number 9, he says, I say unto you, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Now, when you see this, what, what the Lord is saying to his disciples is that when we, Christians, when we become invested in that which is important, right? In, in other words, being good stewards, I mentioned earlier, our lives, our houses, our children, whatever it may be. The Bible says here, and don't misunderstand this terminology in verse number 9, he says here, when ye fail. He's not talking about uh, making, a, uh, making a mess out of your life. The word there actually means to cease. It's talking about when you die, when your life is over. Now look at the verse again. He says, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness that when ye fail, when ye die, 
that they may receive you into everlasting habitation. In other words, when our life is over, that there will be those that are in heaven because of the investment that we have made, that we have been faithful stewards of that which God has given to us. I think about our church here, and I mentioned earlier 66 missionaries and projects that we support, and I think about how that, that there are so many that are being reached with the gospel that will be in heaven someday because of our investment, just like what this steward is saying here. I love how somebody said, we need to use our, in, our affluence for eternal influence. Use the life that God has given to us, the resources that God has given to us, the stewardship that he has entrusted us with to influence other people. The Bible says in Matthew 6, look at verse 19, lay not up to your, uh, for yourselves treasures upon earth. So many people try to do that. But notice he says, where moth and rust, this world, things are going to corrupt, thieves are going to break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moss nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not, do, do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And the question this morning you ought to ask yourself is, where is my heart? And I guarantee you, you'll be able to answer that by, simply by how you are stewarding what God has given to you. Are you caring about the things of God, that which is eternal, about making a difference in people's lives. We need to manage the affairs of this world, he's saying here in verse number 9. And as we manage the affairs of this world, the mammon of unrighteousness, then with that we might touch the things of the world to come, that which is eternal. And listen, we need to see the responsibility that he has given to us that it is personal. This man, he personally got involved and he was resolved that he was going to do better than he had been doing with that which was his master's. And then this matter of stewardship is progressive. It's something every day that we need to be thinking about. And so notice then he gives to his disciples not only the requirement of stewards and the responsibility of stewards, but then he gives the recommendation to stewards. Now, again, I want to remind you before I give this last point that every one of us, every one of us are stewards. According to the Word of God, we've all been entrusted with things by God, just like this, this man here in Luke 16. He was trusted and trusted by his master. And so notice the recommendation, first of all, is to steward with faithfulness. In verse number 10, look at it. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. See, if you're going to handle the least, then you're going to be faithful in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you to your trust the true riches? So again, when we look at this, verse number 12, if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So if we're not being faithful with what we have, why in the world is God going to give us more? You know, little is much when God is in it. And we need to learn to be faithful, as God is saying here, be faithful with the least. Sometimes people say, boy, I just, you know, people get jealous because maybe they see God blessing this person with this and blessing this person with this, and they feel like God doesn't love me because God hasn't given me this. God hasn't given me that. Let me ask you this. What are you doing with what God has given to you? Are you being faithful in the least that God has given? If you're going to be faithful in the least, you're going to be faithful in much. The Christian football, NFL football coach, Tony Dungy, listen to what he said. Character begins with the little things in life. We must show that we can be trusted even with the trivial things. <clears throat> Show God that you're going to be faithful in that which is least. And God may give to you that which is much. God is saying whatever you have, what he wants us to do, you and I to do, is he wants us to steward it and steward it well for him. Somebody said it's a tragedy when a man does nothing because he couldn't do much. Now again, let me remind you what the Bible says in Matthew 6, where your treasure is, 
there will your heart be also. <clears throat> My wife and I, we've discovered many years ago, <clears throat> folks, listen, no matter how hard you try, you cannot outgive God. I mean, the Lord is <clears throat> certainly uh, owns everything, and God wants to bless our lives as His children. The Bible says, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I love this little quote, consistent giving. Are you giving on a consistent basis? Are you being faithful all the time with what God has given to you? See, some, sometimes people give as they have. Now remember, be faithful in the least, and then you'll be faithful in much. Uh, people that have very little, I see them giving to the Lord, to the work of God. But then when God begins to bless, well, now it's too much. I can't, I can't give. Listen, you can't afford not to give. And so look at this quote again. Consistent giving leads to consistent living. However, inconsistent giving produces inconsistent living. So we've got to be consistent in our lives in one area that we need to be consistent in as stewards is being faithful. We have a faithful God, and we can honor God with the little that God has entrusted to us. And so one recommendation is to steward in faithfulness. But look at the second recommendation is to steward with focus. Look at verse 13. The Bible says, no servant, notice again, no servant, can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Tonight we'll kind of look at this with the children of Israel. After they had gone into the land, to the possession God had given to them, and yet what were they trying to do? They were trying to serve God and they were trying to serve the things of this world. And the Bible says you cannot serve both. Well, you have to steward your life and that which God has given to you with focus. James said a double-minded man is unstable in, notice, not some, but all his ways. And we need to view our stewardship through the lens of God's Word and view our stewardship through the lens of God's will for our lives because every man, according to as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Folks, look, it shouldn't be a task for you to give to God. You know why? Because he loved you before you ever loved him, and he gave his son so that you could have a home in heaven someday. And remember, like I've reminded you, Job said, you came into this world with nothing. But I'll tell you what, you're going to have someday a home in heaven. God has been so good to us. And as a Christian, we must be focused, focused on serving God. Notice what Paul wrote to Timothy, charge them, look at these words, that are rich in this world. People that have money, that God has blessed them. Notice, charge them, challenge them, that they be not high-minded. Uh, listen, don't let that go to their heads, that they have so much in the bank and so much property. He says, charge them, nor that they should trust in uncertain riches. Folks, we all know that here today, gone tomorrow, just like life, riches are the same. Listen, gas prices are going up and uh, you know the, uh, maybe the interest rates are going up. Listen, don't trust in, notice I love the words, uncertain riches. But notice what he says to them in the challenge, the charge. He says, notice here, charge them to trust in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. God's the one who blesses our lives. That's why we need to steward with focus. Notice as we read on, he says, Timothy, charge them that they do good that they be rich in good works, not rich in the bank, not have four cars on their driveway, but they would be rich in good works, ready to distribute. Listen, money means nothing. 
Give it out. Give it to those that have need. Be like the church in Jerusalem that, that in Acts chapter number 2 that gave to every man as he had need. The Bible says here, be ready to distribute, willing to communicate. In other words, to give to those that have needs, laying up in store for themselves. Listen, if they do this, if they, are, are, if they do good and they're rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, what are they doing? They're laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Hey, listen, I love what Warren Wiersbe said as you think about stewarding with focus. He said, if God is our master, then money will be our servant, and we will use our resources in the will of God. But if God is not our master, then we will become the servants of money, and money is a terrible master. We will start wasting our lives instead of investing them. Do you think this morning... What is God saying to us? Same thing Jesus was saying to his disciples. That we have an opportunity to touch the future with our stewardship. See, there are people that are going to be touched because we have been faithful in our stewardship and we have stewarded with focus. And this is what God is recommending to us, that if we are faithful stewards now, then We'll have no regrets one day. Look, folks, no, when I look back over the last 36 years of being a Christian, I can honestly say from my heart, I have not missed one penny that I have given to God and to the work of God. I have not missed one second of time that I have given to help somebody else. I've not missed any of the, the, the abilities that God has given to me to use them for Him. And this morning in your life, may we understand what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 1, for we know that our earthly house of this tabernacle, that's talking about our life right now, that if it were dissolved, if our life ended, that we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. See, that's what I'm looking forward to someday. This body Listen, this morning I got up, and it wasn't moving very fast. And I've got a few aches and pains, but listen, I can say this with a smile on my face, God is good. But I'm looking forward to that time someday, but until then, what do I want to do? Well, I hope it's what you want to do, and that is to be a faithful steward of what God has given to us. This morning you might be listening to this message, and you might be thinking to yourself, I don't even know for sure that heaven is my home. Can I tell you that the Bible tells us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the Bible tells us that if whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's talking about a life beyond this life. It's talking about a home in heaven someday. And if you're not saved this morning, then listen, this matter of stewardship is not something that should be your focus. Your focus should be the area of salvation, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and allowing God to save you from your sins. But because we are saved, those of us that know Christ, God wants us to be a faithful steward, steward according to his will. And why do we do that? Because God is the one who has given so much to us. The Bible again says this in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Let's be faithful to steward that which God has given to us. That includes your life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. I thank you for the word of God and how rich it is. And Lord, the stewardship that you have given to us. Lord, the stewardship that you've given to me may be different than the stewardship you've given to someone that's listening, but we all have a life. We all have been given, if we're saved, eternal life. And God, I pray that you'd help us to steward that. If we have children, help us to steward our children. Help us to steward the good news, the gospel. And this morning, if there's somebody that's not saved, Lord, may they open their heart today and receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Lord, again, we thank you for the biblical principle 
of stewardship. And may we truly understand that you own everything and we are to manage and steward that which is yours. Bless this time of invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you would, where you're at, maybe as the piano plays this morning, would you bow your head, maybe even take a knee there alongside of your table or your couch, maybe your husband, wife, your children, maybe it's just you this morning. Have you been thinking about your life? How that this man was called in before his master and he was asked to give an account. You see, right now we live as if there's no tomorrow. But understand that one day you and I, we will stand before God, the judge of the universe, and we'll give an answer of what we have done with what he's given to us. Wow. I think about so many things God has blessed me with. And I know you can too. What are you doing with the least? Because remember, if we're going to be faithful in the least, we'll be faithful in the much. But if we're going to be unfaithful, unjust in the least, then certainly we're going to be unjust in the most. Why would God trust us with more? Let's be faithful and see how God blesses. And if you need to be saved today, would you ask the Lord at this time, just pray a prayer like this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. Like this man this morning, I've been unjust in my life. I've not lived a righteous life according to the standard of God. The Bible says that all have sinned. Why don't you call out to God today and say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm asking you to forgive me of the sin in my life. Come into my heart and be my Savior. You know, the Bible says that if you call out to Him, that He will save you. And if you've put your faith in Christ this morning, we want to rejoice with you that heaven is now your home and you've received eternal life. Would you maybe message us or email us here at the church or call and let us know? We would love to hear the decision that you made to trust Christ. And church, Christian, how are you doing in the area of stewardship? Are you being faithful? We need to be. Lord, thank you for this morning. I pray that you bless your word. Lord, help us to never lose the stewardship that you've given to us. And that when our life fails, God, that we would be received into everlasting habitation and that there will be others in heaven someday because of our investment, our stewardship. Lord, help us to be wise. Thank you for the word of God this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.